Welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. I don't know what episode this will be or even if it will have aired soon after I recorded it. This is uh, today's date, just for reference, is August 14th of 2022. This one may not air until maybe February of 2023. I don't know yet. I, I may put it right put it right up in the next couple of weeks. So I today is a Sunday and I have uh, returned from church. And it's it's a church I've been in for a while. And so I, I teach sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade boys at church. And I, I took that over again. I took a break for a while um, as I moved through different teaching roles and stuff in the church. Um, and our church has gotten fairly large, like 1,500 people now. So there's quite a few kids. And it's something that I take very seriously as teaching. And I always have. And so I kind of, I just kind of hijacked this class because it had been neglected uh, seemingly for a long time. I'm not picking on anybody at our church for that. I'm The point of this episode is to illustrate what I think is coming into being in our culture here in the United States, and I hope in a larger scale elsewhere. So I know we live in a time where there's plenty of doom and gloom, and there is there's always something to be afraid of. And I'm using that in air quotes because I don't live my life in fear of stuff, and I don't, and I've tried to raise my children to not live in fear of stuff because it doesn't change anything. You can be as afraid as you want of it, but it doesn't change circumstances. And you know what? We, we, we can't tell the future. Stuff changes. So there's there's a million things to be afraid of, to be worried about, to rally against all the things. And they're all ancillary. To me, most of them are distractions. And I think they're intentional distractions brought on by the dark side of the spiritual realm. That's what I believe. You don't have to believe that, but I'm not going to explain it right here. And that's fine. I don't mind you not believing what I believe. It doesn't threaten me a bit. So I I basically hijacked teaching at our church because I have watched a severe dereliction of responsibility on our part to teach children in a way that they should go so they will not depart from it as they get older. And to me, the sixth grade age for a boy, that is the age when if they're going to be caught and not based on what I've seen by the time they get into seventh grade, about that age, you know, like 11, 12, uh, culture will sink a, a hook in their heels and drag them like they're tied to a runaway horse. It didn't used to be that way, but social media, all this electronic stuff has changed that. So kids have access to uh, a scale of scales of perversion and and deception just debased thing base things uh debased they're debauched things things that i never had access to as a child so it wasn't even a consideration we had time to grow up uh, we had formative years and and children are robbed of that now by electronic devices and again i don't see that as coincidence i do see that as something intentional i see it and you can call it whatever you want, but I do think it is part of a plan from the underworld to destroy cultures. Uh, Satan's mission is not, you know, it's to be worshipped by others, but it's also to damage as much as possible along the way so that the praise for creation, ourselves, for how much Jesus loves us, for how good God is to us, it goes to Satan. Or it just doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't matter. That is what he wants to do. If you can't get them to join you, then beat them. And that is uh, that is what I see going on. And I see it in so many different facets of life. 
and most people don't necessarily see it as connected, but I would definitely loop electronic or, you know, put electronic devices into that because to me, it, it really hasn't brought a tremendous amount of benefit to our lives. You know, you could say my podcast is, but I grew up listening to Paul Harvey. I grew up listening to talk radio. I grew up listening to the rest of the story. You know, people have been talking uh, with audio stuff for a very long time. I did not see that corrupting our culture which is why I stick with the audio format because somebody has to want to come listen. I'm not here to entertain people. So I've got quite a few episodes stacked up right now that I am in the process of trying to edit. And I don't know if I'm going to air them or not because sometimes I've got a, sometimes when I, when I see stuff happening, I, I don't speak super filtered and maybe it's time to not speak with a filter. Maybe the time has come when, it's okay. You know, I, I give myself permission to speak without a filter. And if somebody finds it a little bit harsher or jagged, so be it. Um, because uh, being a little kind of pussyfooting around like a dandy boy, that, that's really not done anything positive for our country for trying to build men into dandy boys. That has been uh, very destructive to us, which brings me to the subject at hand. I have long contended that based on what I have observed and been taught by men, that one of the best ways, if not the best way, to bring a culture to its knees, to bring a culture down, not to its knees, that would suggest some kind of humility to me, to bring it down, to crack it and collapse it, you have to start with men. You have to remove men from that equation because ultimately the men are going to be the ones who are going to be willing to give up their lives on the battlefield to defend a culture. And I understand the whole woke equality thing and stuff like that. But if I've got to step onto a battlefield and I have to choose between a warrior man and a warrior woman, give me the warrior man. Uh, and I understand this is not insensitivity. It's just I, I want the man with with an axe or a gun. I don't want to deal with a woman in her emotional uh, turmoil or ups and downs on in a sticky situation. I want a guy that can be even killed um, in the hardest of times. And that is not women. They just aren't. And that's fine. I think that's one of the attributes of a woman is, is it's we're different. Anyway, I don't see that as, as a curse. I see that as just the way we're wired. So I have been largely running like an island, ministering to men, talking with men, trying to just be a, a a way to connect men together so that they can get through the various storms in their life. And a lot of them are very serious storms. And I've touched on a lot of these as, as I went th through this podcast to this point. And a lot of the men that I've brought on, in fact, most of the men I've brought on, have touched on the things that are part of the storm that is coming against good men and fathers. And I see it in, in younger boys and men, young men, young boys, whatever, not young boys, but boys and young men. Because you, you can't just destroy, you can't just create a storm for grown men. You have to, if you want to really break the culture, you have to ingrain that. You have to start earlier and earlier. And I think that that is exactly what we have seen taking place in the school system, in entertainment culture, in all the social media stuff, is a weakening of men. And you start at a younger and younger age. And what you do is you use shaming language to keep other men, good men and good fathers from speaking up because they're afraid of being canceled. But uh, men are checking out of caring for that. They don't... I see, I, I'm see. i watching some men take a stand. And more and more of them are. And I think that men leaving the dating pool is another example of men taking a stand. 
It's not that they're anti-women. It's that they know that things are a train wreck and remaining in that dating game is only going to keep enabling the same. What you allow is what will continue. And I think a lot of men have woke up to that and they can't put their finger on it, but that is why they're doing what they're doing. I think it is a way that men are taking a stand. They are standing up and saying enough is enough. I don't I don't want to hear about your craziness. I don't want to be told what I should think. I don't want to be taught how to raise my children. I don't want to be taught what my boys should act like or be like. I am raising them to be men. And if you don't like that, you go to another country, but at least get the hell out of my face. And I think that, that we are watching that happen on a large scale. I have long held the position, and I've not been quiet about this on the, this podcast. One of the places most derelict in reaching men and ministering to men who are hurting and in storms and pain are churches. American churches are, in general, again, I'm not saying every church, but I would say that the bulk of churches, as I talk to men around the country, I'm like, is there a church you can go to? Is there something set up in your church where men can go? No, there's not. Now, there's 15 programs for women who are hurting or suffering or going through a particular life journey or whatever, but I would say that the reflection where the war against men, good men and fathers, that is now moved into younger generations against younger generations or is trying to be moved there and it's starting to fail. It's 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 fracturing and radical feminism and the whole woke thing is, is losing market share. It is a declining return on market share. So we have this multifaceted attack, which I discuss at length in my book about it being driven from the underworld, because it's the only thing that can coordinate this across an entire world. So churches have been, I would say, grossly derelict for the most part. They don't care about men. When push comes to shove, I would say the average Christian church in the U.S. does not give a crap about its men. And that sounds harsh, but like John warned us, don't believe every spirit that comes to you, but look at the fruit that's on its tree. What is it producing? And what I see most churches producing is gynocentric culture. Women get a pass on everything. Uh, we are altering a lot of scripture, a lot of Bible verses and texts, or skipping them all together because they make us uncomfortable. And they could implicate that women can have flaws too. They can have weaknesses in their character. Actually, they do. It's not that they can. Um, they do have weaknesses in their character. They do have flaws in their character. They are people, just like men are. This is not news to 95% of the world. But churches are dancing around it, and they have been enabling this. Well, as men become more casualties in this, and the church not responding in a way to help or even assemble a way to minister to men, it is that is the fruit of the tree. There are oodles, oodles, I'm going to use that word, I don't even know where that came from. There are myriad ways for women to get help through uh, the way American churches are set up. They have property rights on the entire victimhood market. Men do not. Men are the victimizers and women are the victims. And I'm not even saying that the men are victimizing the women, but if there's an issue, what we do is we burden men and we try to lighten the load on women. And that has been going on for so long that now women have a sense of entitlement. I, or never mind. I'm not going to go down that road. Churches have been dropping the ball. They no. Churches dropped the ball a long time ago and have shown no interest in picking it up because the issues don't exist. Men don't have issues. And it's really weird that even though I ran a men's group in our church for eight years, men still don't have issues, yet they were 
They would just keep cycling through, cycling, cycling through. As a church, do we do we ever address that? No, we don't. Those aren't real. Those happen in a quiet way. Those are handled not in the main alley where everybody can see them, not in the main stage, not in the main focus of the church. Men's issues are not center stage material. Women's issues are definitely center stage material where women can, again, have that that pedestal upon which they have been placed unjustly and to both men and women, it's unjust, a position that they truly did not earn, but it was bestowed. And just as anything that is bestowed upon somebody in a way that they have not earned it, there is a sense of entitlement that eventually comes with it if they start believing that BS, that they should be on that pedestal. And so it has become entirely acceptable to still continue to run men down to burden men with more things that they are responsible for and blamed for as that are causing issues in women, even though men have nothing to do with it. This is just poor decision-making, lack of character, um, lack of a true spiritual journey with Jesus. Those are the real issues. It's not men. So men are being thrown as if they can somehow pay for the sins of women. And, and it's odd to see that twisted thing occurring in Christian churches in the U.S., that mindset, as if men can bear the sins of women and somehow atone for that. It's 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 twisted on so many levels that I, I don't even feel like dissecting it right now because I'm hungry and I have several things that I need to get done today. I'm going to bring a guest on. And the really cool thing is, the well, the, the hard part is he's been through a lot. The good thing is, I think I know why he's been going through it. And I've used this phrase before on this podcast. Mark Twain said that a man who grabs a cat by the a man who's holding the cat by the tail is getting 10 times the information. The man who's been told not to hold the cat by the tail. That is true for all of us. I'm just as slow of a learner. Like most of the time I do have to grab the cat by the tail and hang on to it to understand why God's saying, don't grab the cat by the tail, please. And he doesn't have to say it again. It's kind of like touching a hot stove. So I'm going to bring him on. He is a pastor, and he is a friend of mine, and he has been experiencing a while of storms in his life, and it's not something that is born out of his like errant behavior or, or immoral behavior. It's not, it's not that kind of thing. It is, it is struggling with issues as a man. Here's the beautiful part for me. For him right now, it is one heck of a storm. And I have tremendous empathy for that and sympathy with him for that. But I have seen this north of 500 times. I know at least 500 men. And and I always get excited because I know this man and I know his heart and I know his his where his goals are. And that is to be with, to walk with Christ. And that right there will get him through the storm. Uh, that will get him through and he will be a better man on the other side of the storm. And I'm excited for that part of the journey. I'm excited to see that. But I do think that God is starting to stay, I think God is starting to put his hand down upon perhaps mostly men in this country, inside the U.S. And I'm not saying it's by gazillions, but that spiritually that men are starting to stand up some because we are going to lose this culture. We're we're not going to lose it. We're going to lose what we have been, what we are with a sense of neighborliness, and we're just going to open a door wide for tyranny. 
selfish, self-absorbed, brutal tyranny. And and it's such a short transition to something like that. And I think we're well on our way to it. And I've been watching this uh, Rubik's Cube spinning and the pieces coming together. And it's not random. It has been happening for decades. And I've been sounding the alarm for decades. But I've discovered that most people don't want to hear what I have to say until a decade later. And by that point, it's already gone. It's already It just happened. Like, it's done. And I'm not saying that's like some kind of fortune telling against something like that. I think it's just the way God wired me is I try to keep my finger on the pulse of culture and where things are headed. And I, I think it's just that ability to look at patterns and based on patterns because I've watched them for so many decades that they're not hard to project, which is what makes people easy to manipulate inside of a culture if you want to derail it. I don't think it's that, that much of a rocket science thing. So this man is a pastor. So in his church, there is not really anything to tend to men who are broken, hurting, going through storms, whatever. And there's no shortage of men in that church. But there's no ministry for it. I think that his personal journey now is, I think God has said, and I have a feeling there are other pastors around, there are other church leaders around who are going to be going through similar storms. And it is God saying, I'm going to let you grab the cat by the tail. Because if you want to save your, you pray, help us with our nation, help us with our culture, Help us with the kind of people we are. Well, if you if you keep praying that and you ignore the attack on the foundational warriors of your culture, who are the men, I mean, like physical warriors, and just they stand on the wall and they make sure of what gets in and what doesn't. And they people, enemies have to come through those men to get to our families So if we are praying for help us heal our nation, help our culture to be good, help us to be undivided in the church, yet we do not tend to the obvious destruction and attack against good men and fathers and now younger men and boys, we are reaping the whirlwind of those empty words. That is meaningless and idle chatter. It is reading God's word, but not doing God's word. And that is hypocrisy that makes us deceived. And I think that's in James chapter one. It is, I think, James one, like 19, something like that, about how if we if we only hear God's word, we hear the Bible, we hear what Jesus had to say, but we don't do it. James says that makes us deceived because it's kind of like, you know, we have this facade of being a Christian, but we don't actually follow Christ. And, and God's not going to allow that to continue unlimited, with unlimited access to a culture before he stamps his foot down. And now this transitions into what I have seen and why the book, why my podcast, and why I'm working on this presentation for what I believe is a ministry that I will play a part in or, in fact, launch um, down the road. It may be a little longer than I thought it was because life is busy. There's just a lot going on that's it seems to be a bigger setup than what I thought. But I think there's an awakening coming, and I'm not the only person who believes that. And there are pastors who share this with me. It's not like it's mine. I mean, but like we share that sense that there is an awakening for Christ coming, and it's going to come in men. And that awakening is not very far. It's not very distant. And and I understand, like, if you live in a, in a, in a, the online world of doom and gloom, keep in mind that there is no group of people all powerful. They, I know, they're going to destroy the earth. They're going to kill off millions. They're going to do this. 
There, there have been designs and devices of evil men since the dawn of time because they're born of Satan. That is, that's where it comes from. He's been devising this forever. He, he just cycles through it over and over and over. But yet the world is still here. The only one capable of destroying this world is Jesus himself. And one day he's going to judge this world and he's going to create a new one. And that's that's something, it, it, it won't be any of the stuff that we worry about. Like that's not how it's going to play out. Men are not that powerful. I know that if you drink whatever pill it is or take whatever pill it is, you believe they can be. But ultimately, there is no one man or group of men or whatever that's going to take over the entire world. Not unless we are in some type of biblical precedent that precedes Jesus coming back, slamming his fist down and saying, that is it. And now it's my day. Now it's my turn. And I'm going to finish this. So I think that we are seeing, we're going to see more and more pastors, more and more church leaders who have been unwilling to challenge the gynocentric mindset that is American culture and start saying men can be victims. Men are victims. Men are being ravaged. Men are. As I, I have two episodes before this that probably are a little harsh and I haven't listened to them yet. I'm deciding if I put them on the air. I touch on all of this stuff um, that, that is happening to men. I think God is moving in the direction of that awakening and he will do it by taking Christian followers. If those followers don't want to yield to this awakening, and they want to keep enabling this whole gynocentric deception mindset that this is the proper balance of the world is that it remains gynocentric and women are on a pedestal and women are in fact elevated, maybe not to God, but really close. So they're untouchable. That is hogwash, absolute garbage. It is nonsense. It's not emotionally healthy. It's not culturally healthy. It's not healthy for anything. Nobody needs to be there. Um, that's the place Satan wanted to be. He wanted to be elevated, bumped right up to God. Well, that's not a person's role. That's not a person's position. I think God is going to start. I think God has got a lot of Christian leaders and a lot of Christian men got their arms behind their backs. You know, when you get an arm behind your back, think of like a law enforcement officer. You get somebody's arm behind their back. You know, it's it starts to hurt. You know, you take that wrist and you fold it in on their forearm when it's behind their back, you can make them do whatever you want. And I think that's where God is taking things, is he's going to pull until, if necessary, it dislocates some joints of stubborn people who say that we follow Christ, but we and this has to start with men. That is where the strength, the fountain of strength is going to push, and that will, in fact, help women and their children, their families, their sisters, their wives, whatever it might be, but if we keep neglecting men, we are still drinking from that deception. And God is going to change that with our consent or without it. And if we keep saying that we are following Christ, yet we will not entertain the idea that we live in a gynocentric culture. Our churches are, in fact, largely gynocentric and men are being cast aside and anything is fair game against a man. If we do not intervene in this, God out of love will start dislocating some joints in our arms until it hurts so bad that we have no choice. And he's going to say, look, I want you to be a part of this awakening and I want you to be there. And you keep 
telling me that you want to be a part of my work, that you are you are professing to other people that you follow me. So I will not let you do that in word only. I want to see it in deed. And this is where I'm going. So welcome along for the ride. If you want to buck that ride, that's fine. I'll just keep cranking that arm up a little bit tighter behind your back. And if it has to snap, it snaps. But my course is set. Man does not set God's course. And we have started to think that we do. And that is going to be a wake-up call to the American churches. And it's, it's one that's overdue. Mankind doesn't set God's course. We have a chance to go where God already is moving. And we have a chance to be a part of that. It's not that God has a chance to be a part of what we're doing. It's that we have a chance to be a part of where God has already been going. He's already there. He's already moving. All that's, all that, he's, he's way out in front of us. He's way down the field. And we're like the slow fat kid on the football team, you know, still running around saying, pass it to me, pass it to me, you know. And it's like, dude, you know, you're like three feet away from me. Like you have to go wait. The, the game is way down there. It's not here. I'll leave that. At, I'll leave. I'll cut this one off here because I need to eat. I am starving and I do have other things I need to get done. But um, this will be an interesting episode. And I am I feel truly blessed that I can get him on to come and start telling some of his story because. You know, I watch men, men's struggles and their plight and the attack against good men and fathers that has been raging in this country and apparently around the world in many countries uh, for decades. That issue cannot exist. It is not available for discussion. But I tell you what, the minute a man enters that storm or the minute a, like a good wife watches his man, watches her husband enter that storm, it becomes insanely real to them with a snap of a finger. Something that was not real to them or was not permitted to exist because it's like putting our fingers in our ears and saying, la, 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 they can't be true. Well, it's absolutely true. And it's been going on for decades and it's out in plain sight. It's not a mystery. We are blinded. We are blinding ourselves to it. And when a woman who is married to a man or let's say they're in a serious relationship and they watch him become persecuted for something, suddenly it's real and they're passionate and they act like nobody, they're the only ones on the planet that have ever seen this before. And I'm like, no, I mean, you're decades late to the game, but I'm glad you're here. You know, 30 minutes ago, I couldn't have persuaded you that this was real. Now I can't persuade you that it's not real because it's exceedingly real. So anyway, um, I think that things are just they're in the process of changing and there is an awakening coming and God is going to move that forward regardless of the doom and gloom, the powerful families that may run this world, whatever they're doing, whatever they spray in the skies, whatever they do with our money system, whatever they do with our food, they do with our weather, no matter how we treat each other, how we treat other countries, no matter what, God's plan will move forward and man does not control the destiny of this world because God created it. God will end it. Only him. I will catch you on the next one.